feel like so many people have birthdays in September. It's the weirdest thing. I remember back in elementary school, I had like seven of my friends and all of our birthdays were in September. My birthday is in September. And I say this because I'm sitting here, I'm doing a little bit of research, looking up some stats on Spencer Turnbull. And I come across the fact that actually two things. One, his middle name is Ketchum, like Pokemon, got to catch them all. Spelled K-E-T-C-H-A-M. But the coolest part of all this is that Spencer and I shared the same birthday, which would be September 18th. So shout out to all my Virgos out there. I'm not good with astrology. I don't even know what it means, but I do know that I'm a Virgo. Welcome to Motor City Hardball, presented by Blue Wire Hustle. On today's episode, let's talk about what happened last week while I was asleep. Talk about poor timing on recording last week's episode. Uh, Unfortunately, I can't predict the future, so I didn't know that Spencer Turnbull was going to throw a no-hitter. And at the same time, who saw this coming? We know that Seattle's offense was struggling. In fact, they had just gotten no hit within the last two weeks. So what happened? Well, first off, I was fully asleep. Like, I was dead asleep. Uh, I had recorded on Monday, so I was good to go for the episode releasing on Wednesday. So Tuesday night, you know, just my luck. Uh, the eighth Tigers no-hitter in the history of the franchise is thrown by none other than Spencer Turnbull. And unfortunately for me, (laughs) I was asleep. And the Tigers are out on the West Coast. And I had, actually, I had an interview the next morning. So, like, I fully was asleep by, like, 10 o'clock. I didn't even see the first pitch. Uh, So what ended up happening was, was I was sleeping, and I get a phone call from none other than the biggest celebrity to join this show in Jake Provisor. Jake calls me at like 12.40 in the morning. And I was like, okay, I'm not answering because I'm half asleep. But it woke me up. And something just like kind of went off in my head as to like, yo, take a look at the score of the Tigers game. Just, I don't know. I had this weird feeling. Sure enough, I look at my phone and through eight innings, It was like this big red flashing signal or not flashing, but it was like this big red banner and it was like no hitter. So I was like, okay. And I looked immediately at the box score to see that the Mariners had no hits. And I was like, all right, bet (laughs) Turnbull is throwing a no hitter. This is awesome. So thanks to Jake, if he didn't call me, I would not have seen the ninth inning of the no hitter. I turned it on and yeah, I, I believe I turned it on. Like it was the top of the ninth. So the Tigers scored like two runs, you know, it was guaranteed that we were going to win the game regardless. Like, I think we got a couple, like Akil Badu had an RBI single and I was like, all right, at that point, like we were up four or five, nothing. And you just wanted the inning to end so that Turnbull could pitch. Because at that point, it's like, who cares about a win? Like when in the, in the history of no hitters, when has the win, like getting that win been more important the only time it would ever matter is if it's in the postseason which Roy Halladay had uh, about a decade ago or if it's like of game 161 or 162 and you're like a half game out of first place otherwise there's 106 162 games in a regular season therefore 
the impact of winning that game is nothing. It's solely the the fact of that. Like it's it's a very selfish act for the pitcher because obvious. I mean, it's obvious. You know, it's for them it matters, and for everyone else out in the field, it's a big deal too. You don't want to be the guy who botches the no hitter. You know, you can't make the you know, a play like Nico, Nico Goodrum yesterday at short. Um, there's a lot of pressure on everybody that's in the field too, but sure. You know, the, everyone knows that the no hitter is going on. Uh, and you don't want to be the guy who, you know, botches it. So anyway, Spencer Turnbull, you know, notches the, the eighth career, no, no, uh, or not the eighth career, the, the eighth no hitter in the history of the Detroit Tigers franchise. Uh, no hits, obviously nine innings, obviously he had two walks, nine strikeouts, and he lowered his ERA to 2.88. Um, it's funny because afterwards ESPN, I, I didn't see like the live interview. Well, ESPN didn't interview him, but I saw a meme of how they basically put up a banner, like the lower third for Spencer Turnbull when they showed the no hitter on ESPN was it was like the key stat was like led the league in losses in 2019 tigers just can't catch a break how ridiculous is that we haven't had any sort of limelight since akil badu at the beginning of the season like you rarely will you see the tigers you know in the news if not for it's a, a bad reason uh, so sure enough, you know, first no hitter in over a decade, uh, since JV back in the Rogers center in Toronto. Uh, and yeah, ESPN's like, all right, yeah, this guy threw a no hitter, but let's just remind everybody that he was the worst pitcher in 2019. Definitely not a nice move on their end. Um, another interesting note about this no hitter. Sure, I can sit here and talk about how great Turnbull's stuff was. Uh, it was nasty. You know, there was the great play by Jamer at third that basically saved the no-hitter. I think that was in the seventh inning. And obviously the fact that I was asleep for eight innings of the game. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar, there's this guy out on Twitter named Chris Castellani. Um, he, there, and there's a bunch of these guys. But basically, these are guys that uh, don't necessarily, like, they have a, a following. They have a fan base probably more so than Motor City Hardball, I think is fair to say. But hey, I'm, you know, I'm on the come up. Uh, they post these videos of them like sitting in their car or like in their basement and it's always 2 minutes and 20 seconds. Never have I seen a video that's more than 2 minutes and 20 seconds and they recap every game. So this guy Chris Castellani, you know, he's a big Michigan sports fan, Detroit sports fan. Um, I think he, you know, talks about the Lions and he's got a podcast and he talks about the Pistons and yada, yada, but primarily he does the Tigers recaps and he basically recorded himself, his live reaction to the Turnbull no hitter. And at the end of the no hitter, at the end of the game, he was very like crying, like verb, like <laughs> he was just fully shocked and, you know, had no words, but was crying. And I was hype, you know, after the no-hitter. I was happy. I felt great for Turnbull. If anybody in the league deserves it, it's that guy. According to ESPN, led all Major League Baseball losses in 2019. Um, but Turnbull is just, he's always been such a, an underrated pitcher. It's under the radar. No one knows about him, but he's he always gives his all. It's actually funny because he never pitched past 
the sixth inning, I believe, in his career. And that was the first time he threw a no-hitter. Anyway, so Chris Castellani posts his video. Somehow Dave Portnoy sees it and quotes the tweet and was like, this made me laugh, so we hired him. Uh, And then Castellani, like, makes a video and in response to that. And basically that video goes viral. Had, like, over a million views or something. I don't know. It's just crazy how the world works. And then Spencer Turnbull quote tweeted the video of Castellani crying after the no hitter and was like, yeah, like great job. Barstool made a great hire or something along those lines. That's just, you know, I don't know. It's it's just crazy how like the world works and how Twitter can just get you places in life. So I don't know. I was just kind of like dumbfounded by that. Um, if you, if you've like paid attention to Chris Castellani over the years, like that dude just like hasn't missed a game. He's not like a beat reporter. He's just like your average Joe who just films himself after games, uh, with a recap. So, you know, kudos to him. That's really cool. And, um, he's definitely gotten pretty deep over on Twitter over the years. I guess he's, you know, gone through some mental health issues. Um, so I don't really know like a whole lot about him and like what he's gone through. All I know is like, that's your average Joe who posts recaps of games online. Uh, and basically (laughs) his reaction to the Turnbull no hitter got him a job at Barstool. So that's just a cool story. And, uh, I wonder what he's doing. I wonder what type of job he has. And like, did Portnoy just like fully reach out to him and be like, yo, like I actually laughed really hard at you crying. Um, and want to come work for us. I have no idea. Talk about Miguel Cabrera turning back the clock, huh? Little vintage Miggy action we saw a few nights ago. Uh, two home runs. Two home runs for Miggy in a game. That hasn't happened in God knows how long. Uh, and he hit. A grand slam. It was actually his sixth career grand slam. Uh, and I was wondering, I was actually, I was on the phone with, of all people, the biggest celebrity to ever join the show, Jake Provisor. I was on the phone with Jake before recording this episode today. And I had asked him, I said, I'm just curious, in their career, let's say minimum active player, minimum 10 years, who has the best numbers, the best career numbers with the bases loaded? And I don't care about, like, Grand Slams. Although I wonder, too. Like, minimum 10 years, who has the most Grand Slams in their career? But I want to know, like, who has the best numbers? Like, when you have the bases loaded, you could hit a single and, like, I mean, if you got speed on the base pass, maybe, maybe you can score all three runs. Typically two, but it's possible for all three. Um, Yeah, just a little side note there. But shout out to Miggy, man. I mean, we... You know, it's been tough. Like, it's it's hard to watch arguably one of the best players of all time who come every spring training looks to be in the best shape of his career. Uh, to see a guy like Miggy struggle so mightily this season. And we know that he's, you know, approaching 500 career homers. He's approaching 3,000 hits. I don't know. if <laughs> Who knows how long that will take. But... You know, good for Miggy. Um, it's really just, it was a spark um, that this team just needs. Like, I can only imagine just 
how good, how much better our offense would be if Miggy could. I'm not saying, hey, hit two home runs every freaking game. Just give us a hit. At least, like, get a hit every other game. I mean, God, it's been so hard watching Miggy. You see him, he's just, it's it's tough. And you know that, you know, his time's coming. But, hey, to see him hit two homers, a grand slam. And he hit that grand slam with, like, one arm. Um, You watch that replay in slow motion. He just kind of stuck his his lead arm out and um, just snuck it over the wall. Off of Greg Holland, uh, just got a slider that he hung. Uh, his batting average jumped from 184 to 204 um, after that game. So Miggy is currently batting 205. Uh, he had five RBIs in that game, the two homers, obviously. Um, but it was just nice to see a little turn back of the clock action. Uh, Miggy, who has barely hit for power this season, uh, obviously we all remember he hit that home run on opening day in the blizzard. Uh, I believe he took Lucas Giolito deep in a series against the White Sox. But, man, Miggy's power has just been non-existent. I think that was his first extra base hit since, like, the end of April, they said, or, like, April 28th, something ridiculous. Um, so good for Miggy, but, man, I mean, I, ho- I hope that, like, that's not the end of, like, any potential resurgence. Um, granted, it was only a couple days ago. Um, but I just, you know, to see that guy struggle the way he has this season and to know just who he is, like you look at guys like Pujols and Pujols and Nelson Cruz, I think they are the two, uh, of the older sluggers that are still actively playing alongside Miggy Nelson Cruz. I don't know how he does it, but that dude still hits just bombs. Uh, and Albert Pujols has, you know, a couple hundred more homers in his career. Uh, I believe so. I think Pujols is like, what, just a little over 600? But anyway, so not a couple hundred. But it's just like, you know, what what happened to Miggy? Like, and this isn't anything new. He struggled over the years for sure. But to see him hit two homers, you know, a little sign of some pop back in his bat. Uh, he did have the bases loaded. It was a very similar situation, like, the next game, like, the very next day. Like, Miggy had two outs, bases loaded. The Tigers were down, like, three. Uh, and, unfortunately, he struck out. But it's great to see that little flash of power. Um, and I just hope that that's just, you know, not the end of it for Miggy. And uh, let's let's just raise that batting average from 205 a little bit. I mean, come on. Uh, speaking of raising batting averages, who is Eric Haas? I mean, I know who he is, but, but, like, where did this dude come from? This man's is feeling it. Uh, he had a, a nice little hit streak going. He ended it, or that ended in the series against the Cubs. But right now he's got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. A six-game hitting streak. Uh, he's batting three twenty-three. He had a couple RBIs the other day. Uh, and the Tigers are riding high with, like, three catchers in their in their lineup you got Wilson Ramos who sometimes sometimes is DHing sometimes he's behind the plate but he is man he's he has struggled since he led the league in home runs about a month and a half ago uh you got Jake Rogers who's great defensively he's slowly picking things up with the bat but we got Eric Haas who's like a catcher who we've got out in the outfield now um but this dude consistently for a small little guy 5'10 
<laughs> taller than me, uh, but small. For someone like his size and just his inexperience uh, at the major league level, this dude is killing it. I'm not saying he's single-handedly saving our season, but, geez, I mean, it's it's been pretty hard to ask for some offense uh, in this lineup lately. Uh, in fact, I believe it was one of the Chris Castellani videos I was watching. He had mentioned, like, you know, in this lineup, there are some for-sure outs. Like, this guy goes up to the plate, you know for sure that, like, it's going to be an out. Um, I mean, other than ne- or Nico Goodrum, other than Jamer, uh, Miggy as of late, Akil Badu's been swinging the bat better, uh, and Robbie Grossman, who's been also swinging the bat uh, and just getting on base with his amazing uh, eyes, you know, his he doesn't swing at shit. Like he somehow reaches base. That dude's got so many walks. Um, there are some for sure outs in this lineup and it kills us. Like anytime Nico Goodrum comes up to the plate, I swear it's like, okay, I know this is going to be a strikeout. Um, for a while, that was the case with Austin Jackson. Like Austin Jackson was, was a great, uh, you know, great defensive outfielder, but it was like, man, every time he was up to bat, you knew he's going to strike out. Same thing with Nico Goodrum. Same thing with Jacoby Jones. Uh, and those two are very comparable because both outfielders, both great defensively. Jacoby Jones is a great defensive outfielder, but he's not hitting for shit at all. So much so that we sent him down a triple A yesterday. So I feel bad for him because he's he's had his opportunities and like his chances and he's getting up there in age and he's still, he's so good defensively, but he just can't hit. And that dude, he struggled with so many like unfortunate injuries getting just hit by the pitch. And you know, he missed 2019. He missed last season, I believe because he got hit on the wrist. Like it's just, he's been going through some tough luck and I feel bad for him. But like at this point in the rebuild and like, first year with AJ Hinch managing. I like some of these weird moves that he's, he's been doing. Like you got Eric Haas in the outfield and Michael Fulmer is the closer, but it's just, you know, I hate to say it cause I do like Jacoby Jones, but man, his, his time is, is running short. And I feel the same way about Nico Goodrum. Like n- what does he bring to the table? He's not great defensively. He's, I swear every time I turn on the game, he's always got an error and he always strikes out. Like, well, I mean, it's it's hard. It's hard to watch the bottom of this lineup to see them offensively. Um, so it's great that we can have a guy like Eric Haas just come up and you know give us a little bit of res- of a resurgence and a jolt to this lineup because <laughs> sure our starting pitching is great, but like if we can't back them up and get any sort of run support, or if we only bank on the top four five hitters maybe in this lineup. Um, to score a couple runs like you can't do that we need a bat so it's it's tough it's you know sure the Tigers were on a bit of a hot streak lately they'd won like eight of their last 10 Um, the series against Kansas City was unfortunate the game yesterday to see Michael Fulmer uh, blow it in the ninth but hey no one's perfect I mean he'd been great he was he hit 100 miles an hour I think was like the first time in his career um, for a guy who's gone through what he's gone through in terms of injuries and surgeries, uh, I love this move, having him be the closer, because, one, it just it saves him in the long run. Um, not being a starter, like, you know how much... To, like, to throw, let's say, six innings 
max like four four to six like okay that's that's too much he probably would pitch like four innings in a week you know four save opportunities um that's and you know for the tigers that's pushing it let's say two regardless you get what i'm saying he's he's saving his arm in the long run he's throwing better than he ever has it's a great move Uh, i love michael fulmer right now as a closer but he's not gonna be perfect he gave up the home run to carlos santana in the ninth inning, the Tigers lose two games in that series. They lose the series to the Royals. Um, big series, though, coming up against Cleveland. I mean, at home, it's very likely that the Tigers can pull this off. Um, our pitching just, it's it's been solid. You got Spencer Turnbull going again tonight, and boy, do I hope he doesn't throw a second consecutive no-hitter. If that's the case, <laughs> this episode's going to need a little bit of editing, um, more so than it currently needs but uh we got spencer turnbull going tonight scooble on tuesday uh jose urania on wednesday it's always so hard to pronounce his name every time i look at it i always pronounce it differently um but this is a well it's not that much of a winning oh a winning homestand uh four game series against cleveland and then three games against the yankees uh, and then the tigers go on to play the brewers the white Sox, and then the Mariners um I don't know if we're gonna get a single win against the Yankees at home we'll see how that goes but we gotta win at least three against Cleveland uh the Brewers have been terrible except for their starting pitching and Devin Williams um and Christian Yelich what the heck I I know he's been dealing with back problems and stuff but he had his first home run of the season two days ago that's tough like I man, I I feel bad for Christian Yelich. He was the face of baseball for a little while, um, and unfortunately has just been dealing with injuries and stuff. But when I saw that notification on Twitter, it was like Yelich's first homer of the year. I was like, first homer of the year? It's almost June, and I no, I get it. You know, he's 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 been out um, with some injuries and stuff. But oh, it's uh, it's just you know, it's 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 been a grind and. Um, I think this series against Cleveland is likely that the Tigers could take hopefully three out of four. We'll see how the offense does. I believe we're not going to face Shane Bieber. Um, Yeah, I don't even know who's pitching for Cleveland tonight. They had Tristan McKenzie, um, but he led the league. And, like, they sent down uh, Tristan McKenzie to AAA about a week ago. Um, he dominated. I believe his first career start in the majors was against the Tigers, and he had like 12 or 13 strikeouts. So it's nice not to face him. But, uh, yeah, we just we got to get back to this our winning ways, and it's so possible. I mean, it's so possible. Just the bats need to wake up. I mean, if Willie Castro can get, you know, hot, um, anything from Miggy helps. Jonathan Scope needs to get the bat going. And if Jamer Candelario keeps up his, you know, the good numbers that he's putting up, He could be a decent trade chip at the deadline. So could Matthew Boyd. So we're going to wrap things up for today. Uh, Guys, thank you so much for tuning in and listening every week. It it really does mean so much to me. Um, This is episode 23. It's very hard to believe um, just how far we've come. And, uh, it's you know, it's it's a blast just sitting in front of my microphone every week, getting to ramble off the thoughts thoughts in my head about this team, Um, talking about the positives, even though they – Um, in small bursts (laughs) uh, every so often with this team and Tigers. Um, You know, it's just fun to sit here and and, and talk baseball. So, again, if you guys are interested in joining the show, don't be afraid to reach out. 
uh, and let me know if you want to be on an episode. New episodes come out Wednesdays at 3 o'clock. Guys, I'm Brandon Rothenberg. We'll see you next week on Motor City Hardball.